Freddy Krueger here, a.k.a. Robert England, and you're deep in the horror of Texas. Yeehaw! Welcome to another episode of Deep in the Horror of Texas with your hosts, Aaron and Jeff, featuring special guest, no Twitter empty, gotta be fucking kidding All right, welcome to another episode of Deep in the Horror of Texas. I am Aaron. I am Jeff. And surprise, motherfucker! It's Iffy. He is back. <laughs> we are recording, uh, kind of not live, but uh, after our first day of uh, San Antonio's Terror Expo, made from the proud people who bring you Alamo City Comic Con. Nice. And yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is pretty much. This is the first day. This is Friday night, late night recording session. And uh, we're going to tell you about our, our experiences because, uh, well, we'll tell you how it is. I mean, uh, I was prepared for the show. I mean, we, we we had talked about it for like, you know, a couple of episodes, if, yeah. if not longer, because we had uh, we got information about being uh, invited. Yes. Um, Shout out to Clutch City for uh, the press passes for hooking us up. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, thank you. But we saw the lineup and we're like, shit, this is like TFW, pre-TFW. Yeah. Uh, Robert England, uh, Tobin Bell from Saul, uh, C. Thomas Hall, uh, Pony Boy and shit. But Sid Bill Mosley, Sid Haig. Yeah. William uh, Forsyth. William Forsyth. Forsyth. Uh, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the Walking Dead characters. Ken Kersinger. Yeah. I mean, this is a Elvira. decent- Elvira. Yeah. This is a decent lineup. This is- And, and of course, there's an open bar, so you know Tara Reid's going to be here, too. Hey, guys. Hey, everybody. <laughs> the, the sad thing is, they all both sounded the same. Yes. So that, that kind of worked out. Yeah. And, and it was nice to actually meet her this time because uh, we got a little lucky because we were just hanging by uh, Clutch City Productions area and they had uh, yeah. they brought in, uh, what's her name from uh, Lucha Underground? Carly Perez. Carly yeah, Perez. Was, she was very... Uh, she was nice to look at. Yeah. She was very nice to look at. And also brought in uh, Peter Dante who... Uh, which if you is, don't recognize the name, you recognize his character. He is the quarterback from the Waterboy, the, the guy you picked on uh, Adam Sandler. Uh, the dealer, Stoner, in uh, Grandma's Boy. Well, he's a dealer and Stoner in almost any movie he yeah, does. That's true. I remember him being the cop with Shaquille O'Neal in Grown Ups. <laughs> <laughs> if it's an Adam Sandler movie, he's probably in it. And he was, uh, yeah, larger than life. He stayed true well, to his I, character. I, I got a quick interview with him. This is Aaron with Deep in Horror, Texas, and I'm with here with actor Peter Dante. What's up, Aaron? What's up, Space City? 713, one of my favorite places in the world. How's everyone doing out there? Whoop, whoop. My favorite horror movie of all time is The Exorcist. Because shit doesn't get any more sideways when that. Her head goes 360, kind of like Adam Sandler's head almost goes 360. When, you know, I'm saying that he says Popeye's chicken is the shiznat, and I'm saying I dumped a fat sack of reefer, tried to spice up the bash. And his head goes around similar. So, Exorcist, favorite horror movie. Next, to work with Harry the Chimp, who is my best friend, Monkey in Grandma's Boy, was actually very dangerous. He's a wild animal. Had I not rehearsed with him for 
five weeks previous, I probably would have got my nuts ripped off and my face bitten off. So thank God I'm still sitting here, standing here in San Antonio, Texas at the terror, terror show with my nuts and my face because Harry the Chimp didn't bite them off. But I loved working with the chimpanzee named Harry. All right. Thank you very much, man. We love you guys. Thank you. Uh, all I can say, all I can say is this. I'm not even sure you can consider that like an interview. It's more like uh, an accusation. <laughs> That's kind of <laughs> what it felt like in their interrogation. I looked at him and I gave him like a thumbs up, like, yeah, give Aaron the hard time. Aaron was, uh, yeah, he took the bullets on, at this uh, convention. He really got in there and uh, he got to talk to all, he talked to some great people and he talked to some not great people. <laughs> I talked like, to great people, then I talked to Peter Dante, yeah. which you will hear later on in this episode. I'm sorry. But uh, uh, the, I guess the first actual um, star we met, uh, Ify had the pleasure. Uh, if you got to meet a... Uh, well, one of the first people I met was Ken Kersinger. You might uh, recognize him more as Jason Voorhees from Freddy vs. Jason, uh, which we have covered before on our podcast. Uh, yeah. Go yeah. ahead and listen to yeah. that if you want. Um, yeah, I, I approached him. Uh, I had my... Uh, pop final that I got for Christmas from Porsche and I had that auto- autograph from him. He was pretty nice guy, like one of the uh, nicest people uh, that I met here uh, as we'll probably get more into it. Uh, but yeah, that was that was a pretty good experience. I mean, yeah. me, me and Aaron usually show up like what we like we did with MondoCon. We yeah. got, got let in early to have the experience. But here it was like kind of like the whole day was kind of like going in early, early. for a <laughs> convention because uh I mean, like, from my impression, just from watching you meet Ken Kersinger, he was very uh, easy, approachable, really mm-hmm. nice guy. And, uh, I mean, that just, that was pretty cool, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, uh, I was jealous because it's like, it's Ken Kersinger. It's like one of the fucking Jasons. It's, it's actually the, Jasons. The, the last Jason before uh, Derek Mears finally picked up the. Uh, well, this is rings. one of the Jasons that, uh, you know, that's not Ari Lehman. So it's yeah. one of the ones that count. <laughs> <laughs> no, so. yeah, it's true. Very true. I mean, he, I mean, no, no, no offense to Ari, but uh, he's kind of like the Virgil of uh, the Jasons. Well, you heard it. He yeah. just shows up. Aaron said it first here, folks. I have no problems with me saying that because uh, I am all out of fucks to give. Yep. And that's kind of how that kind of sums up today. But we'll get more into that a little well, bit later uh, on. Yeah, we'll jump to the high note. Uh, while we're watching, if we have his uh, Jason Voorhees moment, uh, we're waiting in line for the great... Uh, legendary actor. Um, well, probably the guy that people came to this convention to see. The, yeah. the, the main attraction, really. Uh, Robert Ungland. Yeah. Robert Ungland, yes. And from looking at the lines, he is the main and only attraction? Maybe second to only... Uh, no. Elvira has yeah, a good, second, strong line. Elvira's probably second, yeah, to, obviously. Like, to, we were like waiting in Robert. line for Robert Ungland to, to sign a few things, and um, we kind of glanced over. There was a pretty sizable uh, line for Elvira. Um would like tomorrow she'll be dressed up in her Avira regalia and but today she was I think Cassandra Peterson yeah beautiful it doesn't red, matter red she's still she's still hot oh, yeah. doesn't matter what took me is that the Robert England line was long it took a while but when you actually saw the care and interest he gave every fan it was fucking amazing he talked with people he shared stories from his past he you know he made you you're paying for his autograph, but he gave you 
more at, you know of, of his time. He talked to everybody, shook their hands, took their pictures. He did a lot. And uh, one of the benefits I had was when I went up when I finally went up there to meet him. Uh, you know, I said, "Hey, I'm with the podcast. You know, can you give us a shout out? Can you do like a, an intro for us?" And uh, without no, hesitation, without hesitation, boom! He's like, "Are you ready? You ready?" And he went into it. Not just you know, typical. Hey, do you even know Texas? and Robert, I'm gonna. No, he did full on Freddie voice. He got yeah. into character. He got yeah. into character for that. He was. It was. It was great. It was amazing. It was. I mean, I kind of wish the whole convention was like that. Yeah. But it was great. Uh, to mm-hmm. he had so much enthusiasm with his fans. So much, you know, just that spark of energy with meeting the people who mm-hmm. idolize him. Uh, not many of the celebrity guests here had that. But but uh, it was just great to to do that, and uh, I mean, it, finally meeting him, it's like a moment. Yes, it was. Had that uh, same feeling when uh, I had um, my autograph uh, of him. I uh, had my uh, book that I ordered from Amazon, uh, Hollywood Monster, which was a autobiography I read, and I did I did share a moment with him. I I mentioned to him how um, in one chapter he was talking about how when he was uh, starting early. In Hollywood, how um, he would uh, land roles in, in movies, and he would have to beat out uh, Gary Busey for for some roles. Gary yeah. Busey, <laughs> that motherfucker seems to come up with every story that's not full moon. But there he is sitting and in he, a chair would, talking to his Amazon controller. Yeah, yeah, and he shared with me how like that was like his first learning experience about how you know breaking into breaking into the business and uh just getting that experience uh there yeah there's some roles you don't get but not not to beat yourself up because you know ultimately uh he became you know the icon that we know today in in horror and sure sure enough it was it was just a great experience i got the autograph um but like aaron was saying you got a little bit more cuz um i got like a little small print of his that uh, has like half his face and half of freddy uh you actual, drew a picture in your the book actual, the actual uh, autograph he gave me was it wasn't just the signature it was like a little drawing i was like wow i was yeah like a character sure he grew uh, up a, a freddy he drew a freddy picture in his book i got a i got a funko pop sign the basic freddy funko pop sign that he seemed to enjoy and uh when i tend when he got it he's, he's like man I wish I had these years ago. These are awesome. I wish I bought stock in this. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, everybody has these. Everybody has. Oh, I asked him, so, well, have you signed any of the ones with the hypodermic needle? And he goes, no, I haven't seen those yet. Well, okay, fans, uh, go get you some. A little wallet hate info there. Yeah, a little wallet hate. So, uh, yeah, there is a Hot Topic exclusive Freddy Funko I, Pop that has the hybrid, the needles from uh, Dream Warriors. Sold out online? Just sold out online. Damn it. Like, this whole weekend is like, my wallet's going to hate me for a while. <laughs> this whole weekend's like my... Heart's well, gonna hate. Yeah, me. we'll get into the vendor stuff, but <laughs> sticking on Robert England for a second, I was sure. amazed by just while we were waiting in line, him talking about like how him and his wife are fanboys. Yeah, how they'll like watch an episode of like uh, Penny Dreadful. Yeah, and they'll take an interest to one actress, and then they laugh because a certain actress is married to a certain husband who they they know or something like that. It was just cool hearing like you know the, I guess the relationship he has with his wife, and then also like. He's still a, a big fanboy at heart, you know. He he loves the craft and the films and the horror genre mm-hmm. to a great extent because he actually talked to us about uh, even other projects like Twenty Four, uh, yes. Kiefer Sutherland shooting that, yeah. and one of the actresses doing really great work in that. And then he was talking about uh, future uh, projects he has coming out too that he was doing, and, and we're just like you know, in all of like, 
it's his like, niceness it's, and kindness. And it's like, like one of those moments where you're like sitting around, listen to your grandfather talk about these amazing stories, and you it, don't want to get up and leave. You just want to keep hearing it over and over. Totally. And that's that's the vibe you got from Robert. He yeah. just kept. You wanted to hear more. Yeah. Your your uh, two minute story wasn't enough. You wanted more because he was just that interesting. And I posted on our Facebook as soon as we got to the hotel room is uh, we got to see the Herschel. <laughs> when we saw um he he walked up you know the the actor who plays Herschel uh, walks up and uh you just see an instant smile on Robert England. Well they were in the movie together they were in uh, uh, behind the mask. Yeah. Uh, so it was kind of like a a reunion of sorts. Yeah, sort of a small reunion. He yeah. found his Ahab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he found his Ahab. So they did that, you know, hey you and then the, the smile and the and a little small embrace and then catch up with you later kind of. <laughs> that was awesome, dude. It was. It, it was a really cool experience to see that. Because I know we're going to be reviewing that film sh- soon, and it was kind of cool because I recently watched it, and it was kind of cool seeing like that little circle come mm-hmm. together in front of us. Yeah. That was neat. It, th- that was a cool moment. Yeah. And then uh, this this pretty much goes into where things kind of turn for the worse. Um, from that, we kind of, what, we... Uh, we uh, hunt, we just, just kind of walked around. We did the uh, vendors, at the vendors and stuff. Yeah, we looked. Yeah, walked around the vendors because uh, we heard, you know, hey, this person's got this. We knew a couple people who were going to be here today, and uh, so we were, so we were walking around. We saw some cool shirts, some cool things uh, as we made the round. Uh, th- th- there were a lot of cool things. Uh, the big uh, shout out I want to give, I guess, vendor wise, is Paul Bear Press. Yeah, Paul Bear Press. They had. Awesome shirts. They had that the Army Darkness shirt they had was pretty cool. No, Texas Tech, the Texas Chainsaw one. The burning shirt. The burning. They had a cool omen shirt that there was, was long sleeve. I creep, wish I could. the creep show shirt. There was a creep show shirt that I, I really liked too. With the book open and everything. Yeah, like the illustration. And then uh this, the person who did the creep show shirt also did the there's another shirt that had the same style of illustration on it. Yeah, yeah. Was it the Return of Living Dead? Yes, that yeah, that's it. The Return of the Living Dead one. That was awesome. And then they had this one kind of like mashup eighties horror or 80s themed shirt that had like Ed 209 legs, The Thing, Brundlefly, Freddy, Jason, Phantasm, Deadly uh, Spawn, Deadly Spawn uh, just different things from the 80s. Just like Tar- a mishmash of like, you know, 80s horror. 80s stuff. That, yeah. And I started naming them and he's like, oh, yeah, that is Deadly Spawn. Nobody's ever gotten that. Yeah. Like, like That's right. I know my cheap B-movie, B-movie horror. Yep. And horrors. So yeah, definitely... Definitely a big shout out to uh, Paul Bear Press. Paul Bear Press. Uh, yeah. yeah, check them out. I know they're on Facebook. Uh, uh, you know, just and they're on Twitter. I know they're on Instagram too. Check them out. Uh, really cool stuff. Uh, the guy, I think his name is Scott. Uh, was it Scott? I don't know. You know. I was too busy digging through their vinyl. Yeah, there's like a big collection of vinyls. Yeah, yeah he, had a, he had like a ton of horror vinyl. He goes, "These are just my doubles." And I was like, "Die you." <laughs> he had like Return of Living Dead two on vinyl. He had a, a a Clockwork Orange original pressing. He had so many pieces of that I wish I had the, you know, my wallet. My wallet would have killed me and my wife. But but yeah, uh, check out Paul Bear Press. They're all over social media. They're definitely on Facebook. Follow them. Check out their amazing shirts. They they we were at TFW uh, back in May. I bought this badass looking Sam trick or treat shirt that I wear at least. Once every two weeks. Yeah. Uh, they, they have an amazing selection. Check them out. Uh, and tell them that Deep in the Horror sent you. Uh, I got I got lucky. I talked maybe 10 to 15 minutes. If, probably longer. Mm-hmm. Probably like 30. I don't know. But, uh, you have this, been drinking? Yeah, I had been drinking. Okay. But uh, I was talking with this guy who was running a kind of bootleg DVD 
I mean, he had rarities. Bootleg is an understatement. Yeah, he had rarities though. I mean, um, yeah, like, you, you caught um, glimpse of a uh, demons and demons too. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh yeah. Pumps. Like it tells how you worked out that deal there because uh, apparently it was all part of a big ploy and. Uh, hey, 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 hey. I, don't, I don't twist arms. I just you know break them. Whatever. <laughs> um, I talked with a guy, and the thing that first uh, really got me happy is that he he said he had Return of the Living Dead three, uh, uncut on mm-hmm. DVD. So he checked, and they had sold it already at the last convention or some shit. So he started going through almost every fucking movie he had, and we tried to find things I hadn't seen, which was very hard. And I came across one Australian film that I'd never heard of, so I picked that up. I found some rare um, horror that was on VHS, like something wicked uh, this way comes. Um, he had all these, you know, rare rare horror on VHS for five dollars. And I ended up picking an old school uh, horror comedy called uh, My Demon Lover, which is really cool and i wish they would actually have like a screen factory release or something like that for this really uh film mm-hmm. but i picked that up and i walked away because the still books for demons were just like you know, out of reach for me pocket wise money wise mm-hmm. but uh i know that you and if you kind of finally got to the uh <laughs> y'all finally made y'all's way over there and you know y'all looked around and you know i couldn't help but point out though that they, these this is like one of the few places that they had unique tv shows on dvd they had like yeah. the complete extreme Ghostbusters, which I'm I'm still thinking about buying for like fifteen or ten bucks. Where we had it for, yeah, I, yeah. I still need to get the real Ghostbusters on. <laughs> yeah, that see, one. I I can't find the extreme. I, if I had that, I think I'd be like finally complete. Um, but then I pointed out that they had the Nightmare on Elm Street uh, TV series, all Freddy's 40, Nightmares, four DVDs, all forty four episodes, and uh, beyond just me saying, "Hey, look, they got this," Aaron grabbed a copy. <laughs> if he looked, <laughs> if he came around, he goes, "Hey, what's Aaron buying?" I go, "Aaron, Aaron's getting the uh, uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street uh, complete series, and there's one more, not anymore. That's one's mine." <laughs> if he snagged the last one that they had there at the convention, and I, I know that he's probably going to until piss. tomorrow. Yeah, oh, I don't, <laughs> I don't think the guy had extras because you said they're coming from another convention. I'm sure that Freddie's at the convention. Robert Ungman's at the convention. Yeah. he's not going to be sold out to try to. Going with you know the the Freddy hype, yeah. I'm sure he's got plenty more in understock. I I don't know, but I twenty but twenty five bucks for the entire se- se- uh, series that's a good deal if it's bootleg. I was talking to the guy for a long time because him and his wife put a lot of convention stuff together, and he actually got the director. He acquired the director who did the Serbian film to do a screening in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and it was cool just hearing him talk about the director for Serbian film and. This and that, because it was just like, wow. Because, I mean, there's not too many people that have actual knowledge of the director, let alone, you know, uh, hosting the screening for the director and stuff. So Serbian film is a social commentary on uh, the horrors that are inflicted on a day-to-day basis to the citizens of the country. And um, the filmmakers made it uh, as a way of just kind of kind of show you just a, a little taste of what it feels like um, on what they have to do to survive, to feed their family, to, to clothe themselves, to to just be able to survive. And um, in that movie, if they had the chance to to go back and do it over, it, it would have been way more controversial and worse than, than what you had actually seen. Um, they feel that they actually had toned back a lot of the, yeah. a lot of the things. And, um, and uh, but yeah. What's your understanding on the cuts? Uh, well, is there is so, there, is is the, those certain scenes are they meant to be blurred? Yeah. Or are there actually a, a versions that don't have to carry that blur over the 
So uh, in the U.S., there was a limited run on DVD that got released uncut, um, but it was extremely limited. Then the one that's currently available is the Blu-ray version, which uh, the company that released it here in the U.S. had cut out some scenes, uh, feel that they were worried about, uh, in different countries, uh, film festivals uh, had screened the film, and uh, the festival promoters have actually been arrested uh, for showing what was the content of the film. And they were worried about uh, legal actions put against them, even though our, our First Amendment of uh, freedom of speech, um, <clears throat> depending on state to state that you travel through, um, it changes. Um, where it, 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 where you aren't as protected as as we would think, um, whether it's books, even comic books, uh, film, anything, anything you would think you'd be protected under freedom of speech. If if you're writing it, writing it, uh, showing a film about it, or reading a book about uh, things that are illegal, if they were actually real, um, you know, and. Even though it's not real and they're just talking about it or showing fake film footage or, you know, things like that. She's going to take this one. Oh, perfect. Sweet. Um, Does it come with a frame or no? Yeah, you can. Right, right um, but yeah, like, there's been a lot of famous comic book cases. Even with comic books, uh, Glenn Danzig uh, yeah. it did Veronica. And um, there had been comic book store owners that had sold some of his Veronica comics, which had, um, had various things that, yeah. you know, everything from bestiality to child pornography to like various types of murder but it's all it's all freedom of speech yeah, it's, it's not so real yeah you know you're just talking about it writing about it uh drawing comics about it um and uh i think the film the distribution company of a serbian film are definitely really skittish about getting you know yeah. getting in trouble for it i was always impressed with like uh wild bunch when they produced uh gaspar noe with the irreversible and stuff like that. i thought these were really good Chances, especially in French uh, horror, or I, I saw, I felt it was horror in my in my words, but it's extreme thrillers or extreme drama. I don't know. But when I saw Serbian film, um, it's such a odd topic. It's almost like Romero stuff. It has a social depth that it can go, you know, to a blind eye. You know, you, you don't see it. All you see is the gore and the perverse. But uh, man, the director was just like I. Didn't, I always talk to my friends like he's not. He could easily be a one-hit wonder. Man. The- the guys that made a Serbian film could be doing Academy Award films. That movie was phenomenal. I mean, the soundtrack grabs you by the knucks, yeah. slings you against the wall. Yeah. Um, you have um, uh, you, the number one uh, actors and actresses of Serbia in the movie acting. Doing great. Uh, the cinematography gets you. And, uh, I mean, there's a really deep-rooted story in it was there. Basically, it was like David Fincher 7. Yeah. yeah, from, yeah. Like that, that, their culture yeah. and stuff. I, was, I, was I mean, it, it's a deep film. And, you know, there's some things in there which are, you know, shock for shock's sake. But, you know, I think the, the most famous scene in the film is the most laughable, absurd scene in, in the movie, actually. Yeah. That's not even really what grabs you as much as the rest of the story being told as, yeah. as a whole. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so as much as it's great seeing somebody push something to the edge um, where you don't think you can go over the edge anymore, um, it's also kind of a shame <laughs> that this guy is probably never going to get solid <laughs> yeah solid type work you know yeah. anywhere because of what he's what he's you know written and uh, and directed exactly and he was talking about maybe in some next horror convention about actually acquiring the same techniques that some of the other guys do about hosting people and bringing them to the conventions mm-hmm. he was talking about doing that taking like uh, 
rare or uh, rarely seen directors and bringing them to conventions. Because I go, that's the main thing that draws me to these conventions. It's not so much meeting a Tara Reed or the actor that played Tarman. It's more like I'd like to talk to the directors or even the screenwriters or composers that do some of these great works of film because an actor, you know, it's great, but still, like, a lot of magic is behind that person that makes it those is. special movies what it they is. are. So uh, pretty much Jeff's ploy was get his friends to buy something. The guy will cut him a deal for Demons and Demons 2 and Steelbook on Blu-ray. Yeah. And he saved 20 bucks by buying them both <laughs> because me and Ify bought Freddy's, uh, new ni- Freddy's Nightmares, the series, on DVD. So he put his plan into action, and we fell for it. He didn't hesitate. No, he did not. I go, I brought these two guys, and they just picked up this and this. He goes, deal, done. <laughs> I was like, yes. Well played. Yes, well, very much well played. Thank you. Very much well played. Yes. But it was funny to see some of the stuff he had, because he had bootlegs of movies that are still available for the cheap on Amazon. Yeah. Like Gatorbait. Yep. He could get Gatorbait for eight bucks. Why spend $10 there when you get it for eight bucks on Amazon? Because if you buy two, you can get two movies for 20 you get you get them both for under twenty on Amazon. I don't know. That it, that made that part didn't make any sense, but your deal made sense. Yeah, it did. So then, after uh, visiting with uh, Bootleg High, we ended up making our way to go visit our friends. Uh, Virus Vodka Patient Zero was in the house. Indeed, he was giving out shots. Uh, if you're of legal drinking age, he will ID you. He will ID you. So you better have your driver's license or he'll make you go back and get it. And if you don't have it, then tough luck. He had, what was it, a flu shot and demon blood. Demon blood and flu shot. Cranberry and blueberry? I don't know. I don't know. what the. I, I didn't get flu shot. I just got demon blood. And then I just drank it, straight. Like, yeah, choice. Red or blue. That's it. Yeah. Red or blue. Uh, yeah, it was cool meeting up with him, uh, talking to him about some stuff, uh, getting some shots because we needed it at this convention. And uh, just kind of talking with him for a little bit. Just yeah, kind of it was out. nice just getting the one-on-one and him just explaining the whole uh, process about yeah, the he, virus vodka. Yeah, I think he went into a little bit of detail of like how they actually uh, processed the vodka. Like yeah. He said they uh, he pretty much uh, does ionization. Yeah. Yeah. And it just it gets rid of all the impurities in it and it just makes it like a pure product. Shocking the shocking the the mixture and stuff. Yep, that was an interesting. I mean, like I mean, he talked down to like the burning or throat is actually the ethanol or ethanol mm-hmm. coming from the corn because one hundred percent corn that he uses for the vodka. Yeah, which creates it like just pretty much the cleanest, purest vodka you can pretty much buy. It is very tasty and it's gluten free. Yep. And uh, yeah, we're talking to him for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was talking about where he's going to be at the next few cons, where he's headed. Uh, if you're in Houston, he'll be at Comic Palooza. Yep. Yeah, uh, he said he's going to be at Space City. And he said another convention, but I wasn't really paying attention. Was he going to do TFW again? Yes. Yeah, Ooh. of course. Yes. Oh, yeah, because he said he did amazing at TFW. Yeah, he, he, did, had, he did really well. He sponsored, like, the, the he had the, actually uh, the booth outside he had the, selling it. Well, well, he couldn't sell it. He couldn't give out taste taste shots or sell it because they were selling it in the lobby. Yeah. So, uh, unlike here and unlike at Comic Palooza. Because uh, they were selling it at the bar and yeah. outside in the yeah. lobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, here he was able to give test uh, some test samples. Uh, which were delicious. Yeah. And uh, but he couldn't do it at uh, TFW. But he said he'll be back because he had a lot. He had a lot of fun. And uh, as he put, he said uh, when Elvira saw the bottle, she called it Elvirus. <laughs> and uh, hopefully that might become a new flavor later on. Yeah, because I, I saw him do the rounds. He was talking to William Forsyth, and uh, 
He talked to C. Thomas Howell. So, and he talked to Dean, uh, Denise, uh, I forget her last name, from uh, Pet Cemetery. Yeah. And he also talked to uh, Mosley. Oh, cool. Bill Mosley. He, he talked to Bill Mosley and he talked to Sid. I saw it. He didn't have to go. He didn't have to go find Tara Reed. She found him. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey guys, do you have free alcohol? And uh, I'm just gonna say this: uh, Tara Reed, the way she looks now, her uh, robot chicken doll looks a lot better than she does. I tell him, tell him what you said that she she looked like, huh? Like she was like, <laughs> she she looked like she looked like an old wallet, like an old piece of leather wallet. I think you said she was like she looked like Nicki Minaj cosplay. Oh yeah, she, yeah, that too. <laughs> she looked like uh, like she was cosplaying as Nicki as Nicki Minaj. Uh, she was just. She looked terrible. She did. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, for all you Tara Reid fans out there who really like Sharknado or like American Pie or whatever else she's been in, her sunny days are gone. It is a dark storm cloud over that over that blonde wig or weave or hair. It's 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 mm-hmm. gone. Uh, That's the real horror show. Yeah, it is. that is. I need I need another shot of Irish Walker just to look at her. I feel, yeah, I feel bad for Ian Zuring. And Sharknado. She went, she went from Sharknado to Shitstorm. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, well, I'm sorry. Well, we got I'm really, sorry, Sharknado. We got a really good close-up of Tara because she was over there by the... Uh, a Clutch City booth. The Clutch City booth. <laughs> oh, we did get a close-up of her. And she then looked you... like a catcher's mitt with eyes. <laughs> Hanging right across from that was... Um... <laughs> oh, she oh, Clutch City because it had Peter David and... Uh, Carly Perez, Peter Dante, Peter I mean, Dante, P- Peter, yeah, Peter Dante, not Peter David. He actually has talent. Peter Dante and uh, Carly Perez. Oh, you know what? What's a Peter David? I he's, don't want to know. He's a writer, okay. comic book writer. Oh, okay. So, do you want to talk about your Peter Dante experience? So, uh, a Clutch City had brought out uh, Lucha Underground wrestler Carly Perez, who is smoking hot. Uh, Damn, I want to make empanadas with her. And then they also brought out Peter Dante, who, if you don't know, is uh, uh, the quarterback from The Waterboy, uh, the the pothead from uh, uh, Grandma's, Grandma's Boy, Boy. The, with the monkey. Uh, <laughs> with the monkey. With the monkey. He's like the burnout rock from Little Nicky. He's in all pretty much all of the Adam Sandler movies. Um, So I was going to interview him. Uh, first, because you know, just you know, because Clutch City had really helped us out. So I go to you know Gilbert's like, hey, you know, Peter, uh, Pete, he's going to interview you. Uh, what? 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 This wasn't part of it. And Peter started freaking out. And uh, I told him what the questions I was going to ask him. He said I have four questions. So I told him my four questions. Uh, he said he didn't like them. He'll answer two of them. And he does one take. Only does one take. That's how he works. If he does a stunt, he only does it one time. That's how he works. And, uh, well, later in the episode, when you listen to the interview, it was a train wreck from the beginning. <laughs> I got to introduce myself, and as I was going to ask him the questions, he just went off on his tangent, answered them both. So, uh, yeah. yeah, pretty much I was, like, all happy to talk to him, and then yeah, Peter Dante. He kind of like tapped yeah. the brakes on that scenario because it was like, Ey. yeah, yeah. I mean, he was cutting promos, he was making people laugh, and it was funny. But as soon as I started trying to get the the interview going down, he was freaking out. Uh, Gilbert was kind of freaking out. Uh, I it, was it, I was freaking <laughs> out because I was just I was right in front of 
Tara Reed was drinking. Carly Perez booked it. Uh, yeah, it, it, it went. Yeah, I think Carly Perez was like, fuck this. Nobody's coming and talking to me and I have to sit next to this asshole. No, thank you. So, yeah, it, it, it was, oh. yeah. You, you, you'll listen to it later. You fast forward through it. I just laughed because he was like, he was clicking with everybody. I mean, he was he, he seemed like he was really cool with everybody that was there to see him and mm-hmm. get an autograph. It was, I wasn't accusing him of anything. It's like he, I guess he thought I was a cop or something looking for weed. I don't know. Yeah. Well, there's definitely evidence of the. That was oregano. That's what he said. The devil's <laughs> oregano. <laughs> yeah. He likes was that? Was, garlic. That was pretty funny. But yeah, that 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 was a moment that I'll never get back. Uh, so yeah. But then after that, uh, by this time it's cl- a little after seven. A little after seven. And uh, people are starting to leave, and we notice that uh, a lot of the celebrities are still there at their tables, kind of bored as shit. That's a really good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah they are not having it. They look bored, so we're kind of like, hey, let's go talk to these people. Let's try to get some interviews. Let's try to, you know, get some mm-hmm. things happening. And uh, one of the first people we talked to was uh, uh, the actor played Herschel from The Walking Dead. Yeah. Yeah, Scott Wilson. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, he was he was great. I went talked to him and said, hey, you know, can I get an interview? You know, I, I told him who, like, the podcast. He asked for a card. I oh. gave him the card. He looked it over. He's like, okay, sure. Short interview. Sweet. I mean, he's not going anywhere. Bingo yeah. hasn't started yet. Nope. There's no shuffleboard. Oh, you don't have to <laughs> if he spills, that was offensive. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. He lost a leg. He's used <laughs> to it. So, uh, yeah, I started talking to him to ask him. You know, he asked, he wanted to know what questions I was going to ask. I gave him my spiel. You could check out that, you could check out that interview after the this session. We'll tag it on. Uh, yeah, really nice guy. Yeah. Very soft-spoken. Uh, he he kind of kind of he kind of gave a good funny story about some things that something that happened uh, during uh, one of the shooting uh, things, shooting scenes. Uh, he was really cool. This is Aaron with Deep in Horror, Texas. I'm here with Scott Wilson, Herschel from The Walking Dead. How are you doing, Scott? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm doing really good. Doing really good. Great. So, uh, you know, we'd like to ask our our guests on the show, uh, what's your favorite horror movie? Either The Thing or The Creature from the Black Lagoon. I'm a big fan of The Thing, and Creature is one of my favorite Universal monsters. Right. I'm hoping that it doesn't get remade, because I love the classic. Right. The, the Black and the Revenge of the Creature, those are my, those are the two. They're cool. Those are very cool. Yeah. So, uh, how do you like it in Texas so far? I love Texas. I hitchhiked through here when I was 19, through Texas. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I'd ever get out. <laughs> <laughs> it was hot. I had water blisters above my hairline. It was, it can, but I do love Texas. That's Texas is it's a very big state. Yeah, and San Antonio. It is very. So, uh, do you have any like kind of funny stories or anything on your experience on The Walking Dead? Well, after they, if, for those who know, when they chopped my leg off, I was in the cell, mm-hmm. and I had my leg stuffed down a hole, so it looked like my leg was gone. Yeah. And they were shooting a scene with everyone in the scene and I fell asleep and I started <laughs> snoring in the middle of their scene. So, <laughs> so I woke up with them laughing at me. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. I do know that your character was very loved on the show. Uh, my wife was a huge fan of your, of your character and it was sad. She, she actually did cry whenever the governor 
one bad head day and it's over. That's it. It's when heads roll, they roll. They roll. Yeah. They roll. So, are you currently working on anything right now? Like anything in the future? I'm in a show that'll be airing March the seventh on A and E called Damien, based on the old film The Omen. Oh, the Omen TV series. Right. And there's another show that I'll be doing called OA that will be playing on Netflix. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, I'd like to thank you for your time and thank you for answering some questions. And it was uh, great to meet you. So, thank you very much. Uh, quickly after that, we walked around and we, we kind of met up. Yeah. Uh, and we talked to uh, Mosley. Oh, yeah. Bill Mosley. Bill Mosley. Hey, it's Bill Mosley, and you're listening to Deep in the Horror of Texas. And lick my plate, you dog dick. It started off not bad. Yeah. I mean,. He was like, I don't want to do an interview, but I'll give you all a shout out. And he did. He, yeah. gave, he gave us a good intro. And he gave us a fun little shout out for the show. And then we, you know, we stopped recording. And then we just said, hey, let's. Uh, and we just talked. Talk. Just shoot the breeze with yeah, him. Yeah, shoot the breeze. And then, uh, you know, slowly we started talking about music. He's doing a project with Phil Anselmo, who's uh, from Pantera, if you don't know. And Down. Yeah. And yeah. Down. <clears throat> super joint ritual um but yeah it was cool talking to him about that and then uh you know i picked up a cd because he does a lot of spoken word and uh music projects with bucket heads musical so. poetry yeah there you go he musical plays poetry. A, he plays a theremin and a harp and you know just talks about poetry and stuff and then from there he took us down into depression land <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he talked. Yeah. He talked about the do's and don'ts of, I guess, the life he lives, and you know the fun shit. But every every fun story he had kind of ended with a chuckle of like, "Yeah, life sucks." Well, we, or we t- this we, sucks, or he well, was just pretty depressed. Just the the. I well, guess we how, asked how the, the day was going. Well, he asked him about Savini and uh, Romero. Yeah, that was especially neat. the Night of the Living Dead remake. He asked him about that, and uh, he wasn't. He said, "Cause I I ran." I have a bad running with Tom Savini at TFW. I think I've met him twice at two, uh, two, two of the TFWs, and they've always been unpleasant. Like, I've never really caught the guy on a good fucking day. And when I had him sign my uh, Blu-ray of Night Living Dead, he, I go, I go, I'd really like to just pick your brain on, on the production and direction you took for making this film. And he kind of just pretty much blew me off. Like, he didn't want to talk about that film whatsoever. Well, we kind of found out why. Yeah. Uh, Bill Mosley revealed that he was um, kind of fired from the job of directing this film <laughs> during mid-production. Yeah, he said he was there. He was taking too long on his dailies or running his days and stuff like or that, or be just late or not finishing yeah. his dailies. Yeah, and then I guess that became problematic to the point where they they pretty much fired him from the production. But he spoke to it to a sense because he was just there early on to do mm-hmm. his scenes. He yeah. did a couple of weeks out there, and that was it. Yeah, because well, his scene was early. Yeah. Early in the film, very yeah. early. In the film. And then he does that small cameo at the end. And then uh, I quickly had to say, you know, uh, if you're a current, if you're a fan of the new Ninja Turtles TV series, he actually did. He actually was in an episode which had a few other horror icons. Uh, you had John Cassier. Yeah, John Cassier, Robert Unglund, and Bill Mosley were all in one episode. And it is one of my favorite episodes. It was called the Dream Beavers, where they play these, where these evil beavers are nightmare esque creatures. But Mosley's character actually is a shop owner. That has a giant chainsaw above the register that has Family Matters inscribed on it. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, the whole Chop Top kind of reference for nice. that. And I, had to, I brought that up and he laughed and chuckled. And I, I said, 
that whole that whole season of Turtles, you get like little big shout outs to different horror movies. I know one oh, episode yeah. was devoted to Friday the Thirteenth. One that one with Bill Mosley was Nightmare on Elm Street, obviously. Very but much yeah, Nightmare. It was a very good episode. He he kind of shared his experience with uh, being on television, and then do we do you ever think that'll happen again? I fucking no. <laughs> it's Hollywood, kid. Yeah, that's how that's how it goes. One and done. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we talked about that, and uh, you know he, he. Then we kind of brought it within. You know, I think you asked him about thirty one because that's zombies. Uh, his next, next coming his project movie this year. Yeah. And uh, he said he referenced uh, a Twilight Zone episode about the cornfield boy he in the cornfield. He, he said he's in the cornfield, and yeah. we're we we were kind of like, well, what do you mean? He goes, you know, you know the old Twilight Zone, you know, from the movie, you know, where that one kid has the strange powers, and he blinks, and uh, you disappear, or something happens. He could, he could think yeah. it. He goes, well, there's that one part where his dad is yelling at him, and he blinks, and his dad is in the middle of a cornfield, and uh, that's kind of where I'm at. So he pretty much, in layman's terms, said he dissed the little boy, and now the little boy sent him in the cornfield, never to be seen again. Yes. So, uh, we've said it before, and we'll say it again. God damn it, Rob Zombie. Yeah, Rob. I I I hate you. I I, I hate you. It's it. I mean, it's a, it's just hate you. It sucks. I mean, you you know that personal shit happens between these people. He seemed to have a lot of fun with Sid Haig. Because I think he was like, you know, just still joking with them. I think mm-hmm. when they left, they left yeah. together, kind of like I'm, he goes, "I don't know about you, I don't know about you, Sid, but I, I could eat." Yeah, and I was like, yeah, you know. Well, then after that, uh, we walked back. And we're time, t- we're kind of talking around, and uh, I actually went and interviewed uh, Sid Haig. Speaking of Sid Haig, I yeah. interviewed him uh, for a little bit. I'm Aaron with Deep in Horror Texas, and I'm interviewing horror icon Sid Haig. Sid, Sid, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. How about you? I'm doing great. I'm doing really good. So, uh, how are you enjoying Texas so far? Well, uh, so far, so good. The thing that, that uh, nobody understands is that when <laughs> I do these conventions, mm-hmm. I only see from the airport to the hotel. So, from the airport to the hotel, Texas is awesome. So, you get that kind of like that window shopping view as you're driving. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I just, I never have time to, you know, go out and start exploring and stuff. I okay. mean, the river walk is just like right outside this door, and I ain't walking. <laughs> 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 well, uh, you know, you've been in a lot of horror movies, but do you have any horror movies that are your favorites, that you enjoy watching, you know, that, that your go-to movies? I have two. I was in the theater opening night of the original House of Wax. Awesome. Vincent Price. Awesome. Scared the living shit out of me. Okay? <laughs> I was about 12 years old. And uh, so that's like one of my all-time favorites. Uh-huh. And another one is Cujo. Cujo? Think about a 200-pound dog trying to eat your car. I, I try not thinking about my 200-pound uh, mother-in-law trying to eat my car. <laughs> I'm not going there. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh-uh. So, so, like, you're most known for recently for House of Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects. Uh, do you have, like, any kind of stories, like, funny stories behind the scenes or on the set? Um, I don't know. It's hard for me to come up with one just, like, off the top of my head because there was all, always some kind of crazy stuff going on, you know. Um, not really. Not really? 
Well, is, is Rob really fun to work with? Uh... Yeah, he's very cool, very easy going, uh, and he likes to you know like pull pranks. Mm-hmm. Like one time I showed up on the set and he chewed out the, the makeup artist because I had the wrong makeup on. <laughs> Only I didn't have the wrong makeup on. Okay. Okay. Just to like get him going and just having fun. That's that sounds that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, do you own any of his paintings? I know I know he's a big artist. He's a he's a big painter. He does paintings and sketches that I've seen on his uh, his social media stuff. Do you own any of his uh, original artwork? No, I don't. No, no. I probably couldn't afford it. <laughs> However, I am a big part of his uh, pinball machine. Have you seen his pinball yes, machine? Yes, I've seen the pinball machine, and that that is a fun machine. Yeah. That is a very fun machine. So, uh, do you have anything like working on in the future that you're uh, that you're working on future projects? Um, I. Nothing that I can talk about right now because okay. it's not dry on the paper. Okay. okay. All right. But I've got some very interesting things coming up. Now, are you going to be a part of his uh, 31 that's coming out or can't say? No? No, you're not? No, I'm not. Okay. Well, that's kind of sad because... That's the way it goes. The way it goes. Well, uh, I'd like to thank you for your time that you're giving me. Uh, thank you for, you know, let me interview. And uh, it was great talking to you, man. All right. Good talking to you. All right. Uh, super nice guy. Super, you know, really for a seventy-six-year-old man. Yeah, he was nice, down to earth. Just wanted to talk. Uh, just at, you know, just ask him, you know, what what like his stuff. And that interview will be on tacked onto the show. Uh, but just ask him a few things. Uh, and it, when I asked him about if he's going to be involved with again Zombies Thirty One because he's part of Zombies Crew. Yeah, he's he's been in a lot of his films. And uh, his answer was kind of surprising. So, uh, stay, stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned for that stay to listen to that. So then, uh, as I'm doing that, you're talking to uh, uh, Kent Forey. Forey. Yeah, another, I mean, uh, another one of Zombies Crew. And I kind of asked him the same question. I was like, hey, would you mind doing an interview? And he was kind of like, you know, he goes, hey, everything's kind of winding down. I think he was trying to get out too. I don't know if his handler was his handler or if that was actually like a son or family. Or relative? Yeah. Because they sound, they seemed like they were, you know, shooting the shit like ready to get out of there too. And mm-hmm. so I just shook his hand and, he, you know, he was just like, hey, what's your name? And I was like, you know, my name's Jeff. We do a podcast. My and name is Yev. They brought us in to do, uh, you know, you know, to, to get some stuff for our podcast and, you know, push the expo. Yeah. And he was just like, you know, you know, if I got some slow time on Friday, I mean, on Sunday, uh, I'll be glad to. Kind of doing the same thing yeah. that uh, Bill Mosley kind of yeah. you know, said too. He's like, you know, just not right now. And uh, I was like totally cool, and then I couldn't help but just like you know gush a little bit because it's Ken for you from Dawn of the Dead. So yeah. I was just like, man, you've just been like a huge hero, and like the friendship you and the three guys, Flyboy and Raj, like all did was just I don't know. I mean, it's like probably one of my top ten favorite horror films ever, and it was awesome meeting Ken for because he wasn't here with TFW. We had um, we had Flyboy and Raj. Yeah, and they were both there with George Romero, but Ken Forey wasn't there. No, so it was odd yet poetic to finally just like bump into to Ken Forey, mm-hmm. and that's pretty neat uh, to just meet up with a guy and just shoot the shit and talk to him for a second. It was it, it was a lot of fun uh, to, see, to meet some of these people, and I think that was the final one that we met, or did we meet somebody else? I think that was it. Uh, he, the last one we spoke to was Sid Haig. Sid Haig. It's Sid Haig. Yeah. So yeah, yeah so that, we were trying to get with Nathan, but Nathan was already going to the uh, Nathan from uh, 
behind the, the mask. mask. Yeah, trying to talk with him because yeah, again, there's another few characters who are from that movie that are here. Yeah, because I mean, you pretty much got almost all three after we get Nathan. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, we met those, and after that, we kind of went back out, talked a little bit more with uh with a patient zero from Virus to kind of get what he's gonna do, uh, kind of see what he's what's gonna happen with him, and then we. That was it. By that time, it was like what nine, almost nine o'clock. Yeah. So uh, more like uh, eight eight thirty, but yeah, more like eight thirty. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 it was it was uh, the end of the day. So and then the damn place was a goddamn ghost yeah. town already. So kind of going over, like we we kind of made some jokes and that, and alluded to it, but pretty much Terra Expo was dead. It was a ghost town. It was tumble. There were tumbleweeds. Uh, they're the so I felt bad for some of the celebrities because, yeah, for Friday it was a bus. It was like from three p.m. to nine p.m. Sit down and maybe a good six hours of like watch Robert England get a get the only rush yeah. that existed in the pretty West. much. He he got all like I'm pretty sure all sixty people who attended this convention met Robert. Yeah, that was like and then got back goal. in line, and then. That was pretty much it. Yeah, he was a Stan Lee for this Palooza. <laughs> he was, he was. But uh, from a standpoint, if you're walking outside of the convention center, you would not know that Terror Expo was happening. There was no signs outside. There were no banners. There were no signage, nothing. There was like one sign when we walked into the goddamn thing. It was like, Terror Expo, that, that way. way. That's it. That was it. No banner, nothing. You wouldn't know. You you really wouldn't know. Yep. Uh, uh, I think whenever whenever we were kind of winding down and getting ready to leave, I had, I had the two guys from Cobra Kai, Zapka and uh, Stone, walk by, and they were like, man, today was a bust. Yeah. <laughs> oh. They were just like shrugging their shoulders like, eh. And then, but the guy from Virus, uh, Patient Zero, said that they, they have like a supposedly 33,000 people. No, 3,000. 3,000? Only 3,000. Oh, shit. Supposedly 3,000 people attending or a single day pass is sold for tomorrow. Yeah. I think that's a little... I think that's a, a high expectation or they're rounding up really high by probably 2,500. But, uh, yeah, it, it it was... That's what he said. And I, and I told him, I said, I really hope so. Yeah. I really hope so. Because, I mean, he's got good real estate where he's at. Oh yeah, he's oh yeah, he's in uh the food court. Yeah. You know, he's yeah, people are thirsty, have a drink. Yeah. Come try this. Come try this vodka. It's awesome. Uh so yeah, he was saying that, um, and just talking about that. But yeah, it was it, he had about thirty booths of vendors. Uh half of them were T shirts. Yeah. Other half were toys and pops. Funko pops and collectibles. A lot of prints, posters. A lot of prints. You didn't really work. have I mean it was mostly toy. It was either toys, shirts, or prints. Yep. That's it. No, nothing really else. Had, well, you had the like the, the like the the vapor people that were there. Giveaway people were there. Uh, a lot of giveaway people were there. Oh, was it the asthma people were there? So yeah. like an asthma type machine. That's uh, what, like the main ones with Paul Bear Press, and then the guy that was selling all the rare DVDs and stuff. Yeah, like, that. And if you're a pop collector, there was a booth that had nothing but wall-to-wall pops. Yeah. And so, and they were pretty decently priced. You know, he would make you a deal if you asked him for it. You know, and that was pretty cool, too. I forget the name of his booth or his company. Probably straight out of Attic. I don't know. But uh, it 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm part of Comic Palooza, and I've I've seen the bad part of Comic Palooza. I've seen the good part of Comic Palooza. I've seen things that we need to improve, things that we've improved on, and what we should do better. So I kind of have that aspect of actually working a big convention. Yeah. This one was just. It has potential. It had the damn star power. Yeah, it did. But you you wouldn't know it because if you if you're going by if you're walking by the building you wouldn't know that Freddy Krueger is 200 feet away from you. Yeah. You wouldn't know that Jason Voorhees is 200 feet away from you. And this just kind of goes into the whole marketing aspect of of a of a convention. I know this is their first year. Uh, I don't know if we can like cut them a little bit of slack because like even. If it's your first year, you you want to get your name out there. You want to have the exposure out there. Get get plenty of billboards or or signs out there to let people know. Hey, well, here's the issue. These are the same people who run Alamo City Comic Con. Yeah, they put out Alamo City every year. Well, we're watching the local San Antonio CW, and they're actually running a couple of ads. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think it is publicity sometimes, like you said, but. uh I mean, bottom line, I mean, a lot of these people that come out here, uh, especially a lot of those main stars, I mean, they were taking a huge risk on the first show. They, they were. They were. And I feel bad for a lot of the talent who brought their 8x10s, who brought their posters, who brought their T-shirts to sell and everything. Yeah. And they've got to lug them all back because they're not selling because nobody's here. I mean, imagine doing, what, six hours, you said? And yeah, making, six hours. Maybe making, I don't know, 600, 500 bucks. Well, that's that's Freddie. Yeah, yeah. Robert made that. Well, Robert made that in like ten minutes. Bill Mosley, I think, made half. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Sid Haig, I hope, made that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it was the, the few number of Walking Dead uh, talent that was here. Who's, yeah, who's to say? I mean, the, the I think the preacher guy was here from is from is from here from Walking Dead. Herschel, the preacher, uh, the redhead guy, uh, the girl Abraham. Abraham uh, wasn't here today. No, and the girl that got killed in the hospital. Beth. Yeah, she wasn't here today either. Uh, but uh, the governor's right-hand man, uh, Garza, I think his name was on the oh, show. Yeah. He was here. Uh, but then, yeah, I mean, it, it was a ghost town. There was nobody here. Yeah, nobody really had a fucking line. And if it was, it was like maybe four people beyond uh, Cassandra Peterson, Elvira, and... Uh, Robert Unglund. Robert Unglund. That was it. And the sad thing is is that you had King Kersinger and Robert Unglund like, right, right, next to, right next to each other. And you had some of the people from the other Nightmare movies that were there, too. Yeah, they were oh, there, they too. Like four Lisa Wilcox, four Amanda Weiss, uh, Ronnie Blakely. And I think yeah. that's, that's playing already the sad note of what TFW might be because I think they, maybe they got too many to- uh, Nightmare on Elm Street actors. Like, there's... Guess well, well guess. they also promote it. I mean, TFW, they promote things, sometimes the same thing. Like a nightmare on Elm Street reunion. Like, daily, weekly, they promote it. Have you? I mean, without me telling you about Terror Expo, would you have known about it? No, I would not. Exactly. They don't know what I had to say, but they don't know what they're doing with this. I didn't really know Alamo City Comic Con was a thing either until mm-hmm. like I, re- I met you guys. Because it was like, mm, I'm just... I only knew about it. I found out about it whenever I saw them advertise... Uh, uh, Kevin Eastman. Yeah. Turtle right. fame. Uh, Turtles fame. Uh, Kevin Eastman. Uh, did, did Alamo City Comic Con have like the same problem like drawing numbers? that? Uh, no. They advertised. They promoted weekly on Facebook and social media. So I don't know why they dropped the ball with this because there was no promotion. I was looking for promotions, looking for new updates, looking for pictures, looking for everything, and nothing. Yeah. It, it this this was if this fails, 
because, you know, nobody's showing up. It's because nobody knows. You don't know what you don't know that it's actually happening. Yep. And that's all on their team. I mean, they ought to be glad that press are coming up there trying to get in to promote them, but they don't want to do it. Yeah. Because, I mean, we're over here hashtagging and tagging all this, you know, everything we're doing out here with these guys because it's mean. It's an it's a horror convention. We're gonna be behind it. We're gonna back it. Yeah. I mean, we'd love to be at the Philadelphia one and the L.A. one, and all that stuff. We'd we love to go to all of the horror d- conventions. That we Dog could. Dead Days, uh, Walker Stalker Con. Yeah, we, like, we want to be a part of that. Yeah, and with this being like in our backyard, you know, pretty much, you know, just a couple hours from our house. I mean, we're glad to come out here and check it out. But it was. Man, I'm really hoping for a good turnout tomorrow on Saturday because I, of, I hope it happens. Mm-hmm. I really do. I hope that the the three thousand that. That they say or guaranteed ticket sales for one day ticket passes are that happened is true. Yeah. Uh, and you will know if there was a good Saturday, there'll be a follow up to this yeah. episode. If not, you know where we stood. <laughs> It'll be an emergency follow up. Yeah. But but as of right now, if I had to break this out of a ten, even with Robert Unglund, Bill Mosley, and Sid Haig, and talking to them, four. Uh, yeah. Four. Easily. I'm there with you. If I'm middle, it's five because of... I mean, I'm over the moon just because of like the kindness Robert England had. Robert England was nice. Sid Haig was nice. Bill Mosley was nice. Paul Bearer Press, uh, the guy who ran that booth, super, super cool. nice. Super cool. Patient Zero. Awesome, as always. I mean, all these these people made it happen, but, there's no, but unless you're waiting in line or buying something, there's nothing to do. Yeah. There's no activities happening. There's no laser tag. There's no, like, you know... Face painting or the you know watching a video just of how to make just something like to en- <laughs> like you know engage people just besides, no there's nothing besides the celebrities just there's nothing oh Friday was a buzz because I mean there was no panels it was pretty much nothing. just your well photo did you ops. see the panel area yeah it's a bunch of seats in front of a screen that you can see without having to do anything yeah and here yeah it it you could stand outside the gates and see the panel happening there there's no exclusive there's no there's nothing exclusive about it. Yeah, because at TFW, you're running from, like, ballroom to ballroom to try and catch, like, these cool little panels that yeah. feel like yeah. uh, you know, there's some exclusive exclusive exclusivity or something like some that. Some news that, that you have to be there yeah. to see. With this, you can be in the bathroom and hear them talking through the PA. Yeah. it It's really it's be, poorly it's, planned out. It's going to be interesting because I think, like, t- 2 o'clock tomorrow is going to be, like, the Walking Dead panel. And I think there's going to be a Nightmare on Elm Street one at 4 p.m. I mean, they go for like an hour and they're going to talk, but it's like you said, you could literally be sitting anywhere and hear the speakers because it's just like a huge auditorium. Pretty much if you've gone to Alamo City Comic Con, the area where they have the celebrities and the artists, that's the entire uh, Terror Expo convention. Yeah. Nothing spread out because there's really nothing there. So it's it's sad. Uh Promoting wise, promotion wise, marketing wise, planning, space. What's really sad is that I know the going rate for these the the passes for this was like twenty five dollars per day. Yeah, yeah. You get that pretty much the same, if not cheaper, if you do the early bird for TFW, and I feel like you get more bang for your buck at the TFW convention. And well, for that being said, it's like I don't know. I mean, maybe it's well, unfair. Let's, okay. Well, let's let's kind of compare it to TFW real quick. Okay, sure. at TFW, if you're not buying shit. You can meet celebrities at the same time. Yeah. If you're not meeting celebrities, if you're not meeting celebrities, you can go to a panel at the same time. If you're not if you're not at a panel, you can go watch a movie at the same time. 
if you're not watching a movie, you could go to the bar and drink at the same time. Preferably with Tara Reid or with other celebrities that are drinking. In the bar, they actually run a whole entire ballroom with a karaoke <clears> for people. Lit. Pretty much at 9 p.m., it's like go home. Yeah. At TFW, you can... 9 p.m., that's when parties start happening. That's when movies start happening. Yeah. Hell, Full Moon had free beer. Yeah. That was the only reason why I went to that. And TFW runs, what, almost at 2 a.m.? Yeah. I don't know. Unless yeah. you can find an after-after party. Yeah, an after-after party. So I mean, we're not we're not trying to rip Terror Expo a new one with how they're doing. It's just it's just observations that we saw throughout the day. That kind it, of it's just a strong, frustrated critique that we're having, and if it's coming off kind of negative? dickish or yeah. nick and negative, it's because we want there to be more horror conventions in Texas. We want there to be good horror conventions in Texas. I mean, the only thing I could say about this is that this is one you could take your kids to. Well, yeah, if they have an early bedtime. Even at that, I mean, come on. I mean, it's like, what, maximum 7 o'clock, even the fucking actors are going home. <laughs> uh, they were so bored they were leaving. And I think that's the thing. I think you could show up to this with the kids. They could look at the little fucking Legos toys and whatever the hell, and they can just have a good time and buy a poster or whatever and maybe meet Robert England from Freddy, uh, Elvira and stuff and just yeah. walk out. I mean, that's the only benefit to this, I guess, as a, a weekend horror convention, this kind of... I mean, I will say the line moved faster here than it did at TFW, but that's because there's nobody here. Yeah. And that's kind of the sad part. Yeah, it is. That's kind of the sad part. I mean, uh, I came here for Alamo City Comic Con, and we met uh, uh, Tig from Sen- for Sons of Anarchy, and uh, we spent two and a half to three hours in line waiting to meet him. Wow. Mm. Here, Robert Ungland, 45 minutes or less. Yeah. And that was with stories and... You know, attention and kindness attention to every kindness fucking person. So, I mean, it's... If it, if the higher-ups of Terror Expo are listening to this, I hope they do to realize what they can do to help improve it for next year, if there is a next year. I hope, really hope there is a next year. Fingers yeah, crossed. I hope so. I hope there is because we're looking at... We're trying to point out things that you should improve and should be doing mm-hmm. and not relying on people who aren't volunteers or aren't workers or aren't the higher ups that do this. Yeah. You know, put a damn banner outside that says Terror Expo here. For that way the people who just walk up can walk in, enjoy the convention. Yeah. Do advertise more on social media to get that following, to get you know, to get people sharing and and noticing, holy crap, Freddy Krueger's gonna be in San Antonio. I gotta go. Elvira's gonna be in San Antonio at, at this thing called Terror Expo. We have to go. And maybe that's, I mean, obviously, it's, I thought maybe it's because we're in Houston. Maybe we didn't get, like, the big kick, you know, on our door mm-hmm. about this place. But I think when I was even thinking about saying that, it's like Friday showed that even locally, San Antonio, nobody really nobody, showed up. Nobody knew. I mean, like, really? We're in Houston and TFW's in Dallas, and we know about it because yeah, they promote do. the hell out of it. Yep. And Can't argue with that. They should be. They have the following with Alamo City. Yep. When I came here for Alamo City, I saw the booth for Terror Expo. You had four girls working the table. One who said that she was with the owners of Terror Expo slash Alamo City, but they weren't promoting it. They were just sitting there. Yeah, they really didn't have any info too, because you really didn't even know if it was real at the time. Yeah, I went out to him and said, "Hey, this Terror Expo. I'm, you know, I'm airing with I'm airing with Deep in the Horror. We do this and this and this." I gave him a card. And I asked her, I asked him first, I said, is this like 
true convention. It's just a fake convention because if you're in the Houston area, we have something called the Omega Expo, which was a fake expo. It was a sham. It was a scam uh, that I know one Houston celebrity fell for, but I won't mention names. Sucka. <laughs> but, uh, ooh. But, uh, uh, yeah, I asked them, and oh, they, they weren't promoting. They were just sitting there. They weren't doing anything to promote Terror Expo. So even your your booth girls weren't doing anything. Yeah, they weren't pushing the buck. They weren't. So. I'm a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I mean, you're right. If you would have blinked, you would have never known this happened. No. I'm glad we came out here. We got to have the experiences we've had. I really hope day two is better. And I'm not going to be contrived enough to say that day three is going to be any better because I don't think I'll be here. <laughs> I think I'm going to abandon ship on this one because uh, the well's gone dry. Yeah. <laughs> I think the. I mean, I'm, I don't know if I want to re up on my beer to try to make this interesting for me. Nah. Uh, well, it won't be the same without you. I know. I know. But, but yeah, like, but yeah, we're yeah. So, so sorry. So I don't apologize for the long rant. No, no, no. I mean, we're giving you no. our two cents because you know what? This is a because this I'm, is this is a deep and hard Texas. But we're actually, you know, like what we should be doing at TFW when we're not drunk off our ass or I'm not totally. But drunk I don't want us. people to spend money um, for something that they're not going to get their money value. Yeah, know of. what you're going to do if you're going to come here to get Robert England or Sid Haig or you know, attack and do your you know do and get the most you can for your experience because. It's going to be you doing most of the legwork. Yeah. This this place really didn't have everything set up for it to be a walk-in and an awesome experience. It, it wasn't. It felt like going to a garage sale at like a giant mall. Yeah. But nobody knew what was that yeah. it was happening. Even the volunteers and the workers. I mean, we met some of, some of them were pretty nice, but the other ones yeah. were kind of like just here for the ride. Yeah. It, it was funny to see some of the other like media people and press people yeah. trying to act like big. I try to act like big fish in a small pond. Yeah, uh, and not knowing what they're doing, they just they just saw a free pass, came in, and don't know who they're talking to. Well, it's funny as I heard a uh, one of Robert England's handlers say, uh, he goes, they're like, you know, hey, do you want to take a break? You need a water? And the guy's like, no, 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 I'm fine. He goes, this is really interesting. Um, the man, the the wealth of knowledge and the things I get to hear is just awesome. And the guy goes, "Yeah, you should hear what these people say when they're not around this. You get to hear some really cool stuff." And it was kind of like the way the handler was telling him <laughs> about like these people. I was like, "Oh, really? These like, people?" Yeah, I was kind of like, "Wow." What you mean, these people, motherfucker? Huh? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <sighs> But yeah, so uh, the, I actually have a sound clip from uh, our experience at Terror Expo. So here it is. Here is the bustling crowd for Friday. Now and, we just, just got to loop it for six hours. Yeah, and and that was actually the line for uh, Terror Reed. And, oh, yeah. And Ian Zuring. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, <laughs> so this is Aaron. This is Jeff. And this is Iffy. Folks, don't drink and drive. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Keep it scary. Later. This is one called Losing All.
Thank you for listening to Deep in the Horror of Texas. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you like what you hear, please leave a review on the iTunes or Stitcher radio app. And above all, remember to keep it scary.